Your organization is really only as good as the people who work there. Welcome to the Center for Generosity podcast. I'm Mitzi Schaefer, a consultant with GSB Fundraising and your host. On each episode, we work to equip generosity leaders by tackling a single topic related to growing generosity. Together, we answer the three most critical questions for success. Today, I am super excited to have my friend, Myra Griffey here. Myra is the COO of Child and Family at Lutheran Services Carolinas, and we met, I don't know, what, 20 years ago or something, Myra? At least 20 years ago. Isn't that long? Yeah. Um, but Myra, Myra just gets it. She gets the ministry. She gets nonprofit. She has really high standards, which is one of the things I love about her. And she doesn't compromise them. And so as we round out our four week series on crisis management, you know, I didn't feel like I could have a crisis management series without Myra being a part of it. So she is here today to talk to us about self-care after a crisis. So we've we've heard from Anne, um, we've talked about doing a risk assessment, we've talked about training procedures and who is in charge during a crisis. We've talked about maintaining trust and transparency. And friends, if you've ever been through a crisis, it's hard on you. It's hard on you emotionally and physically, it's hard on your body. And so, um, so we've asked Myra to come today to talk to us about self-care after a crisis. So Myra, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me and for that wonderful introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, girl, I could talk, I could say great things about you all day long, but as we promise our podcast friends, we get right to the meat of it so that we're not wasting their time. The first question then um, that we want to talk about today, Myra, is what what is self-care? And I love, I love the word that you used when you were talking about it as we were prepping. How does it manifest itself? I think that's a great question. So let's start there today. Sure. Well, self-care is, is really um, holistic. Um, self-care is when you look at your entire self, your emotional well-being, your physical well-being, your work well-being. Um, your stress levels. It, it's taking the whole self and, and taking an analytical view of, of where you are and what your needs are. I think it's more important to say what self-care is not. Um, yeah. Self-care yeah. is not just taking a vacation or um, getting a massage or taking a walk once in a while. All of those things are part of self-care. But self-care really requires a strategy. And that strategy should be unique to you um, and what works best for you. For me, um, it's it's somewhat of a complex strategy, I admit, because I'm not very good at staying with it. I have to work at it. But getting good sleep, recognizing when I'm, I'm too tired, um, recognizing that I haven't been outside all day and I need to make sure that I work in outside time, you know, during the week, that I'm not sitting at a desk all the time, recognizing when I've got too much on my plate. Knowing when to say no. All those things are incorporated into my strategy. So it's it's really taking a, a look at your whole self and, and how you can be happy and healthy and most effective. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
if our listeners don't hear anything else except for what it's not, uh, I think that's awesome. But I also love your examples of recognizing and your use of the word recognizing. You know, I, I know for me personally and uh, lots of my colleagues, this last two years of pandemic or however long it's been, I mean, it's the end of 2021 already has been hard on people emotionally. It's been, I've watched it. It's been hard on my kids. It's been hard on other people's kids, people in our congregation, people in our, in our spaces. And so I just really like that word recognizing. And, and I imagine those folks who are listening to the podcast, who are leaders in an organization can probably pause and recognize there are some things for themselves and also for their staff. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are some things that are coming up for them. So that really carries us, I think, into our question number two, which is why is, you know, why is it important for an organization, for the leadership in an organization to promote self-care as a part of the culture? Mm-hmm your organization is really only as good as the people who work there. It's only as good as your team, only as good as your staff. Your financial performance or balance sheet can be in the black and look wonderful. But if your staff are unhealthy and not taking care of themselves, that will erode and it will show. It will, it will show up in the financials, but it will also show up in the work. Mm-hmm. So it's very important in this in this time, I think we've recognized through the pandemic that self-care is critical. Um, we're all working from home. We all have family we're working with or caring for. We have a job to do. Um, you know, we can't see our friends and our family and get that release. We, we can't have our normal lives. And so <clears throat> how do we take care of ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, and employers are starting to recognize, hey, we got to take care of people. People need to be heard. If you don't hear anything else today that I say, please hear people need to be heard. Mm. We need to listen to them um, and find out where their struggles are. You can do a lot of things um, in your organization to help people with self-care, but you have to lead by example. You have to so take care of yourself so that you can show them how to do that as well. If your staff are not taking care of themselves or they're not comfortable, your clients will feel it. And they will recognize, oh, well, I don't have to take care of myself. Right. Um, so your staff will be modeling to your clients that self-care is not important. And we don't believe that, right? We all know that it is important. So your, your teammates are only as effective as you are really when it comes to self-care. Well, and I, I think the other thing that um, I want to lift up here too, because it's a series. And so friends who are listening, if you, if you listened to um, Anne Rick McFarland on November 9th, episode 13, talk about risk assessment, how to do a risk assessment. We talked a little bit about quality insurance or performance and quality improvement and how that process inside of an organization can help you identify where there are some some spaces and places that aren't functioning the way that they're supposed to. And I know, Myra, you and I have both sat inside of the same performance and quality improvement or quality insurance, whatever your organization wants to call it, 
um, conversations when I, uh, when we were on staff together at Lutheran Family Services. And so I know that you get that as well. And that is a part of your role in your leadership role um, for child and family for Lutheran Services Carolinas. And one of the things that Anne lifted up was recognizing that their staff were tired and so they weren't performing well and it was causing an issue, right? And so if for no other reason, I mean, like, I hope that our organizations are promoting self-care because they care about their employees, especially our nonprofits, because we are examples. Mm-hmm. But as we talk about crisis management, it is also important to care about it from a risk perspective. And so having that level of care um, for your staff is also managing risk and crisis before it happens. It's kind of both ended. Absolutely. Uh, if your your folks can't can't perform daily because they're overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know, or they're thinking about how am I going to manage, you know, that day off of school my kids have and I have to work, then they're not going to be effective, and that's going to come out in in their work and in their work with clients and in their work with their team. Um, productivity goes way down. People start thinking about, you know, can I do this job? Even your very very best, you know, employees get overwhelmed. And it's important to recognize that and say, Hey, all right, what can we do? You know, we're all accountable. If, if you are my, on my team and I know that you have more than you can handle. And I give you one more thing that I'm accountable for giving you one more thing. When I know that you're over overwhelmed and you can't handle it, I'm responsible for whether, you know, you succeed or not because I didn't support you properly. I knew you were overwhelmed and I have to take accountability for that. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, I totally have to jump in here because Myra, you and Anne have both lifted up. I mean, you're both my like crisis management heroes, but you both have lifted up the same uh, thread through this crisis management. And that is that leadership is responsible. Passing the buck is not how it works. Leadership is responsible. And the environment and the culture that we create inside of an organization is responsible for navigating and managing what people are capable of and what they do without even prompting you, which I love because it's the natural right best practice. You've lifted that up. And that's something I want our listeners to hear. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. Okay, so question number three, we've we've established what it is and what it is not. Um, we've established that it's important inside of an organization for leadership to promote it and to own self-care themselves and other staff. What can leadership do in a nonprofit organization to promote and support folks in their workplace to make sure that self-care is a priority? What's some tactical, like Mm -hmm. concrete things they can do? Well, they're actually very easy. Um, (laughs) We like to think it's very complex, but it's really not. It's really not when it comes down to it. Uh, Obviously, uh, I said earlier, lead by example, you know, set good boundaries for yourself and your team. um, So people see that you know how to do that and, and you model that for folks. It's really good to have comfortable work environments. You know, people need to be comfortable where they're working. I know a lot of people are um, remote right now, but we can make that environment comfortable in different ways. Uh, you know, let's be respectful of time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we're in the Zoom culture right now. Everything is Zoom. Uh, I had an employee say to me, a, a good staff member say to me the other day, you know, in this environment, you know, I have a Zoom meeting at 10 to 10.30 and the next person thinks I'm available at 10.31. Mm. Um, you know, that's not acceptable. Uh, mm. Let's give folks a break. You know, let's set boundaries with time. Let's respect their time. Um, let them have an opportunity to, you know, debrief during the day if they're remote or even if they're not. Allow flexibility in scheduling, um, flexibility in, in, in how they do the work. You know, this pandemic has created an opportunity for us to learn how to do things differently. Yeah. Uh, so listen to that. Um, it's important to, to say, oh, well, we can do things differently. Well, how can we do it? And how can we replicate that in other areas of our work? You know, it's very important to encourage folks to utilize their benefits. Most organizations have a pretty robust um, benefit package that includes things like free webinars or um, EAP support. Yeah, and you say what EAP support oh, is? Oh, I'm sorry. Employee That's assistance okay. programs. Um, and maybe your employer offers, you know, discounts on yoga or gyms, that sort of thing. Encourage people to utilize those resources um, and then celebrate victories. Even the smallest victory, celebrate it, acknowledge it, make sure people know, you know, you acknowledge their accomplishments and that you value them for what those accomplishments are. And, And that goes a long way. It helps people feel good about the work they're doing. Um, it contributes to the larger organization when we talk, tell success stories um, to our teams in the larger organization. Um, and it keeps people um, comfortable and committed. You know, they want to stay. Um, and then lastly, listen, like I said this earlier, listen, listen, listen to your folks. They will tell you if it's to, if they need some time, if it's self, if self-care is a problem for them, if they're overwhelmed, or they'll tell you if not, they'll say, I'm ready to go. You know, I want to push and I want this team to push harder. I'll tell you that. And you'll know um, the relationship you have with them. It will it will get stronger and more effective as you listen and recognize where they are with self-care. Yeah, that that's a great um, that's a great list. I hope folks were writing that down. And if they're running or driving, I hope they weren't writing it down. But I hope they go back and listen and write it down. You know, I, I think the thing and my, um, Myra, you've not heard this, I don't think. Um, but my listeners are going to be like, really what you're describing are relationship deposits. And um, we talked about in our first series, and we talk about a lot on this podcast, what it means to make deposits into our donors. And, um, you know, friends in Myra's work, she, she helps support the development efforts by telling the stories of the clients um, that her team are working with. But, but the same applies. It's being employee first. It's putting your employees and yourself first and making relationship deposits. And we can't seem to get away from that kind of concept or role here um, in the Center for Generosity. And that is because everything that we do is relationship-based. And um, I appreciate you bringing that out. So lead by example, um, create comfortable and work environments, utilize benefits like employee assistance programs, celebrate victories, which is storytelling, friend, it's storytelling. Um, And then listen, listen, listen. That's a great list, Myra. Um, anything else you want to add for close? If not, that's cool. You're a pretty succinct person. And so I appreciate that about you, but just let me give you a chance and you can say no. 
I'm, I'm good. I appreciate the opportunity. This is so important. Um, and I have made it a priority with my team. And I think they're starting to recognize that, which is good. Um, but it, it's so important. I believe in this. Um, and I have I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah, uh, I, I personally had to learn that the hard way. And I, re- I know now how important this is. And so, you know, if I can help someone else with this, I feel good yeah. about that. Yeah. And we, we, especially, um, you know, the nonprofit world is full of people who feel, um, and who are by nature overachievers and want to help other people. And so we all probably have learned the hard way along the way. And so friends, if you're feeling like you are a leader and you need to work on yourself, listen to this again, but also there are ways for you to, to practice that self-care and get the help that you need as well. So I hope that you'll, I hope that you'll do that. So that is, uh, that's our session for today. Thank you, Myra, for being here. We really appreciate it. Friends, you can, uh, check in at the center for generosity and get resources. We have videos, uh, in there from Anne on self-care after a crisis and other crisis management, resources. Uh, You can join the center at centerforgenerosity.com where you'll find accountability, focus, tools, and plans to grow generosity to your organization. You have an impact. So let's make sure the world knows about that so they can support your mission and your passion. With the monthly subscription to the center, you get exclusive access to regular roundtable discussions, and you also get office hours with our consultants. You can schedule that Um, one-on-one so you can process anything that's going on in your organization with them. And you will have ongoing access to our documents and video libraries that train and outline best practices for CEOs, development officers, volunteers, and board members. In addition, you'll have access to master classes where we do deeper dives into specific topics. The new year is coming. Uh, We are going to take a little bit of a break Um, And actually, we're going to bring back our Congregational Vitality podcast that we recorded at the very beginning of the pandemic. Mike Ward and I did that, and um, it was on a different platform. And so uh, folks have been asking for it, and we um, we have those. We'll be posting those again in the coming weeks as sort of a holiday break. Um, so that we can spend time with our families and practice self-care, but you can still have access to this content that you need. So enjoy that. Um, It's coming up for the next six weeks. And then after that, we'll be back with a new series for the Center for Generosity. Thanks, friends.